At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Kushner with Veasan's Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Big show for you today. Uh, we got news from the the Broncos ownership and a move of the front office with the Avalanche. I'll get to in just a moment. I uh, want to get back into handicapping the NFL Coach of the Year award, specifically talking about. Nathaniel Hackett and some other bets. We have official numbers for the Nuggets TV ratings, which are just abysmal, worse than the league. Talk about the Avs TV ratings as well. Some Nuggets Summer League updates. And then a lot of Rockies. A lot of Rockies here. We have the All-Star game. I got a best bet for tonight. And then, last but not least, uh, there were guys at my daughter's swim meet, she's seven years old, that were betting on their daughters uh, in a race which was absolutely fascinating to me. But let's get underway. A couple big stories. First of all, you've got the Avalanche naming Joe Sackick, now the president of operations with the Avalanche. So think about that for a second. This is just really, really big. Uh, you got to think that Sackick is going to have a lot of input on the roster still. But Chris McFarlane, who was formerly the assistant general manager, has been promoted. So you win, you get a job promotion, and you get more money. Uh, on the Broncos side, Condoleezza Rice, Condi, has joined the Broncos' new ownership group. She moved here when she was 12. She's familiar with the area. We know that the NFL has been trying to get uh, more minorities and women into ownership, and uh, terrific. I'm a huge Condi Rice fan, by the way. You know, there have been rumblings of her being a commissioner for multiple sports. I wonder if she can get in this. It just doesn't seem like she wants to be, but God, I would love it. 
just get Goodell out of there. She knows her stuff, man. She knows her stuff. So let's go. All right, let's go with this show. How does that sound for you? We're going to begin with the Nuggets today. Nuggets TV ratings. Abhorrent. 0.34. Worst TV ratings in the NBA. Viewership dropped by 3%. You got to wonder. People could actually watch them on Comcast. How much better those ratings would be. Maybe middle of the pack in the NBA. The Avs had the ninth lowest ratings at 1.06. But think about this for a sec. The, the Avalanche ratings were about three times that of the Nuggets. And I know the Avalanche were the best team in the league this year, but for a city that has a lot of basketball fans, hockey sure the hell was more popular before the Stanley Cup even, before the playoffs. It's a little bit surprising to me there, but no, doesn't matter. Kroenke won the Stanley Cup. He won the Super Bowl this year. And uh, it just doesn't seem like he's interested in getting more of the Denver market to watch their favorite teams. Let's get to the Nuggets Summer League update. Uh, I talked to Nate Kreckman about this last week. You know, betting on the Summer League, and it's a lot like NFL preseason. You follow the beat writers. You find out who's playing. You find out who's getting the most playing time because coaches in the Summer League, they don't give a damn. They're just going to tell you, okay, this guy's going to play a whole bunch. This guy will play a whole bunch. Follow the news and bet. Okay, follow the news and bet. Okay. Um, did not have a winner with the Nuggets. I had a tough weekend betting, by the way. I'll just be, you got to be transparent. I was on a roll for a while. Uh, this weekend slapped me right in the face. But Summer League, I think reading the news, basically, you look at some talent on both sides. But if you follow the news, you're going to have a decent shot of figuring out who is playing and uh, which team has the advantage talent-wise. Now, the Nuggets are one and one. Um, they actually beat the Cavs, but it didn't cover yesterday. 84-76. Uh, um, it's just brutal. Peyton Watson, he bounced back from his first summer league game. He had 19 points, 8 of 12, 1 of 4 from 3, 7 rebounds. He goes, I didn't play a lot at UCLA. And he didn't. He was on the bench. And he was a big-time recruit coming out of high school. He says, I feel like a lot of people kind of forgot what I can do when I'm out there on the floor. Listen, I'm not going to overreact to this stuff, okay? He's a long-term project. He's going to be in the G League with Grand Rapids, the gold this season. And you just don't want to overreact to anything. But it was nice to see he has a bit of an offensive game because what did we say after the draft? And what did all the evaluators say after the draft? This guy doesn't have an offensive game. He can play defense. Well, maybe he gets coached up really quickly here. We've seen guys get coached up in, in Denver. They've done a great job of it over the years, um, since I guess in the Jokic era. You've got Michael Malone saying Christian Brown, a boy from Kansas, plug-and-play guy. So he comes into the league. They're expecting him to get time. He, he admit, And I watched an interview after yesterday's game. He's like, I'm just not shooting well. He scored six points, two of eight shooting, 0 for 4 from three. You know, it, it was a rough half there for Christian Brown. Not worried about him. But here's the other guy, a second-rounder. Ishmael Kamagate scored double figures. He had 10 points, five of six shooting, nine rebounds. Kamagates looked good through two games. Yeah, and, and, and listen, you've got guys that are going to be coming up and down from the G League. I think Kamagate is one of the guys. 46 pick in the draft, 6'11 center. I think there's going to be times, especially if there's an injury to Jokic or the backup, where we're going to see Kamagate. So, I'm excited about him too, but as far as any of these summer league games go, 
don't overreact to anything. You know, Chet Holmgren, right? He was the next Dirk Nowitzki after his first summer league game. What happened? So much money came in on him at Rookie of the Year, just tanked the odds. And then he had a bad second game and nobody's on him anymore. Just relax, you know? It's the summer league. Don't take too much out of it. I get excited seeing some of these guys, but ultimately we're not going to know that much until training camp. All right, that's number one on the front range four, four biggest sports stories on the front range. I guess number one was Condi Rice and, um, and the movement in the front office for the Avalanche, but we'll make the Nuggets number one. Uh, we'll get to number two in a second, but uh, I want to remind you, you can swing for the fences on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook this week when you make a first-time deposit using the code DERBY on the baseball home run DERBY. I like it. I like it. Sign up super easy with the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app or betrivers.com. Deposit 100 bucks, you get a free Bet Rivers bet for a home run hit. Or deposit 250 and uh, you, if you do that today, you get the total home runs for the entire Derby free bet rivers bets so the offer is valid july 11th through the 18th download bet rivers online sportsbook app today use the code derby when you make a first time deposit visit betrivers.com see the latest odds boosts promotions running this baseball season bet a winner with bet rivers you got to be 21 you got to be located in colorado if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 holy moly this last year went fast I took my kids to the home run derby last year. We were talking about Otani son, and here we are a year later already. Let's get to number two on the front range four. We're going to talk some Rockies. Uh, the Rockies get one all star. We expected this, right? One all star. It's CJ Crone, fifth in the National League in home runs with 20, 901 OPS. He's been terrific. He has 15 of those 20 home runs at home with a 1085 OPS. He's been spectacular. That's 172 home at bats, 153 road at bats. He has not been good, a 695 OPS and five home runs, but he has hit on the road before. He has a career 809 OPS on the road. So I think he's still coveted by teams in need of a power bat. And there's really no reason to keep this guy around right now. If you can get a decent prospect, they're not close to contending for whatever reason, you know, you sign Chris Bryant, hey, we could be good this year. Just tank. Just tank, man. Get rid of Crone. Get rid of Herman Marquez, who's building his value back up. He's coming off a couple of good starts. When are you going to get a higher value for, for Marquez than right now? Because as the season goes on, the, the other team's getting him for less time. I mean, he's, he's a number three starter on a good team. So I, I wish they'd sell high on Crone and Marquez and Daniel Bard and Alex Colomay and Jose Iglesias so they can promote Ezekiel Tovar, who has 13 bombs and 17 steals with a 931 OPS at double A with the Hartford Yard Goats. So, I mean, what's the reason to go watch the Rockies right now? Course field. What's the second reason? I would go to go see Ezekiel Tovar. I will buy a ticket to go see Ezekiel Tovar. Let's go. So I don't know what haul that's going to get you. Crone, Marquez, Bard, Colome, Iglesias. But I know that you're going to get some pieces that can help you long-term. And Iglesias is not going to help you long-term in three years. Bard's probably not going to. Colome is definitely not going to. Marquez could, but I think you get a lot out of him. And then Crone, I mean, again, he's hitting really well at course. Uh, he has hit on the road before. I, I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be disappointed if they kept him just because of the power that he has shown. But ultimately, again, you get a decent prospect there, a guy that can start for you, whether it be a pitcher or a position player, and you make the move. But let's move on. Yesterday, Colorado beat Arizona 3-2. Marquez, two runs over seven innings. Garrett Hampson tied it with an RBI double in the seventh, and Connor Joe knocked him in. 3-2 lead that the uh, Rockies would never relinquish. Boy, did they, they play well down there. They finished their road trip with a 3-4 and four record, though. They lost all three at L.A., and then they took three or four at Arizona, and they start a seven-game homestand tonight against San Diego. Now, Colorado's going to host the Padres for four games, and then they play three against Pittsburgh for the All-Star break. I mean, this is a San Diego team that they swept here at home. And you've got seven games for the All-Star break, five and two. Get, get yourself a little five and two action. Finish strong heading into the break. Tonight, Padres starting pitcher is Sean Manaya, three and four and a four one seven. Jose Ureña back to the mound, two five one ERA. He shockingly gave up just one run in six and two thirds innings at Dodger Stadium in his Rockies debut. It was just flat out shocking, flat out shocking. But we will go to the lines at Bet Rivers for tonight's Rockies Padres game. The total is twelve, an inflated total. Manaya, a lefty going up against the Rockies bats. I'll talk about that in a second. Padres minus 155. So this thing got juiced up from minus 130 to 155. Rockies plus 130 now. Saw them around minus 124 earlier in the day. The run line, Rockies plus one and a half, minus 121. Uh, Padres minus one and a half, plus 102. So pros are laying the chalk with San Diego. From 130 to, what did we just have here? 155? Woo, a lot of money coming in on the pods. I'm not going to do it. 155 is not my wheelhouse. Uh, road favorites, 60% clip they're hitting at this season. San Diego's 31 and 24 is a favorite. Rockies 26 and 40 is a dog. Padres, excellent on the road. 26 and 18, 591 win percentage. But again, you know, the Rockies have had success against this team. But the Padres are the fourth best road team in Major League Baseball. Rockies, highest OPS in the majors against lefties at home at 878. They face a lefty in Sean Manaya tonight. The Rockies are also first in weighted runs created. They have the lowest K rate in baseball for this split. Left-handers at home. Manaya is a left-hander. Rockies average the most runs in baseball at home at 5.7. They swept three from the Padres and their only trip to Coors. So let's look at how the Rockies have done at the plate or how the, the, they've done at the plate and how they have performed win losses wise after a road trip of at least three games. They've done that five times. In the beginning, they came home after a road trip. They scored 10 runs. They did it again. They scored 10 runs. They did it again. They scored seven. The last two games, they scored three and four. What am I taking out of this? Absolutely nothing, but I just did the research, so I figured I'd share it. By the way, they, they, it's just three and two. Again, you can't take much out of that record. But I do have a best bet. Jose Ureña, under two and a half Ks at even money on Bet Rivers. Best line you're going to get out there today. Uh, Padres league average in striking out this season. Ureña has struck out two in that six and two-thirds innings in his last start against the Dodgers. His only start so far with the Rockies. Um, I, I don't know if he gets shelled. Yeah, you know what? I think he gets shelled tonight. But I'm still not back in the Padres. I'm still not back in the over. Um, he's averaging just 3.4 Ks per nine in four major league appearances this season. 
even if he gets to six innings again, I only think he gets two. His swinging strike rate is just brutal, 7.1%. So there's just a lot of contact there. So under two and a half Ks, even money. That is going to be my bet right there. Let's wrap up the front range four right now. And we're going to handicap the NFL Coach of the Year award. I know I talked about this a while back, but I want to talk about it again. Because you're looking at the, the Coach of the Year award. And over the last 10 seasons, the guy that has won the award has won 11 games or more. The AP gives it to a newcomer quite often. Sean McVay, Matt Nagy in 17 and 18. Stefanski two years ago. Now, veterans have won it. Harbaugh 2, 2019. Vrabel 2021. But there are a lot of newcomers that win this award. And Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett takes over a perennial loser, at least for the last six years. 7-10, last place in the division, three of the last four years. He gets a great QB and inherits an elite defense. That's a good shot to win if the Broncos can manage 12 wins. He can win this if the Broncos win the division with at least 12 wins. I think it's totally worth a bet at plus 1,600. As a matter of fact, I already bet it. Now, the Chiefs and the Chargers can be tough to take down. The AFC is a murderer's row. But what else would have to happen for Hackett to win? Well, I think Russell Wilson's going to have to master this offense from week one on. And we've known since Hackett got the job, he builds his offenses, or he's going to build the offenses around the quarterback strength, not what Pete Carroll did, which is the exact opposite. So Wilson would have to master the offense from week one on. He'd have to improve in one key area that's resulted in 179 sacks over his past 62 games. Can't get sacked. Hackett's got to put him in a better position or get through to him. Listen, dude, you can't hold on to the ball as long as you are. So team's going to have to a strong start to the season. Wilson's likely going to have to be an MVP candidate, which can happen. And uh, it's really the only way the Broncos can win the division. The defense has to prove they can be as dominant under Averjo as they were under Fangio. So the talent's there. Are they going to adapt to the new scheme? I think so. I think special teams has to take a quantum leap. That is going to factor in. We know how bad it's been over the last few years. And they just have to be healthy. You need to be lucky. You got to be healthy. It's as simple as that. You get these results. Hackett's, he can win it. And it's 16 to 1. I bet it. All right. Now, the other guys you look at, Brian Dable with the Giants. The Giants, I mean, if he turns Daniel Jones into a legitimate NFL quarterback, he can win. He's not winning it. Doug Peterson would have to get the Jaguars over 500 to even be considered. Not sure. Not sure there. Dan Campbell getting a lot of love, getting the most wagers and money of any coach in the league at a couple books. I don't see the Lions being competitive again. And I just do not understand the hype when it comes to that. I don't get the hype when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff's their quarterback. Jared Goff doesn't have the head coach or the talent that was surrounding him or Todd Gurley when they ended up getting to the Super Bowl a few years ago. You know, this is Jared Goff is, is a, is he a league average quarterback? Maybe, maybe he's a league average quarterback, but I can't really say uh, definitively that it interests me. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this is that with head coaching, the, the head coaching specials, the bet rivers, uh, they're all long shots. Brian Dable is the favorite at plus 1300. You know, for example, the Houston Texans, are the front runner to have the worst record in the National Football League. That was just a plus 300. So you're getting longer, longer odds here, which is why I like 
betting the coach of the year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's taking over a Vikings team with a good defense. Great playmakers like Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, but they've gone seven and nine, eight and nine. Defense has not gotten much better. I don't see O'Connell stepping in here. Nick Sirianni with the Eagles. If he figures out how to get Jalen Hurts to be a, a great NFL quarterback and not a great fantasy quarterback, the offense gets rolling. I don't see 11 wins, but if the Eagles win the NFC East with at least 11 wins, I think Sirianni's in massive contention. Massive contention. Brandon Staley, boy wonder with the Chargers, just like the team here. If they end up going out, winning the division with at least 12 wins, he's got a shot at the coach of the year. And all those, just based on analytical decisions, a lot more of those are going to have to work out this year. Uh, Sean McDermott, great bet. Bills have a shot at the best record. 15-2 uh, and two or 14-3 and three could wrap it up for him. Love this bet. Absolutely love this bet. I really like it at plus 2,500. We're getting 25 to 1 on that one. <whistles> Bill Belichick, get the Patriots back to winning the AFC West or East, I should say. Excuse me. Belichick getting uh, the Pats back to winning the AFC East would vault him near the top. Okay. Heading into the final month, the regular season last year was the favorite to win the award. So the two best bets McDermott, Hackett. Hackett plus 1,600, McDermott plus 2,500. Okay, we will return in a moment with my friend Jen Akins. We're going to talk about fantasy football. It's, it's kind of betting. It's kind of betting. I mean, you put money in there, skill game. Um, so the question is, what is she doing with the Broncos skill position players? Where is she taking Russell Wilson? How does she rank and where does she take the wide receivers here? Any options at tight end? And then, of course, the great running game that you see featured here in Denver. And then before the end of the show, betting at a girls' swim meet. Come on. You're, I don't know if you're better than that, but that's something that I just saw happen this weekend. This is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Holding cushion with you. Jen Akins is going to talk some Broncos fantasy football, some fantasy football. She's in Denver. She lives in Denver for a long, long time. And uh, she's with 4for4.com. The number four, then F-O-R, the number four.com. Jen, wonderful to have you here. Thank you, my dear, for hopping on. What the hell is going on in the fantasy football world these days? Hi, Holden. It's fantastic to be here. There's a lot going on in the fantasy football world these days. Um, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, there's no offseason. A lot of people think that we're crazy for talking fantasy football in March, April, May, June. I think July is a little more tolerable for some people. Yeah. They're like, all right, we can start. So, uh, but I've been doing it uh, for a while now uh, as far as this offseason. I'm about 30 drafts in myself on drafting in best ball format. So I'm ready to talk. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. So we'll start with Russell Wilson then. 
A lot of differing opinions here. My buddy Eric Moody with ESPN keeps saying he's going to be the number one overall. Don't get it. Oh, your buddy too. We know Moody, right? Yeah, he used to. Yeah, he used to work at four for four. Yeah, I don't think that uh, he's going to be the number one overall. I don't think he has the rushing upside there. But wh- where are we going with Russell Wilson this year? We- we're fine with him as as our QB one, right? We are. Um, I think he does have some rushing upside. Not not as much as uh, others, obviously. I think that he's – I think he'll be top 10. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know about top five, to be honest. I put him in the, like, maybe seven or eight range. I, I can't see him outproducing Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert uh, or Kyler Murray. I mean, maybe right after that, you could see maybe he'll fall in there. The problem is it really just depends on his weapons. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into those in a minute, but, you know, there's a lot of question marks around all of them, to be honest. So – he is walking into a much better situation than he has had in Seattle over the last few years. But at the same time, there are some question marks. So I put Russ somewhere around seven, eight, you know, okay. as his, uh, as his floor, now his ceiling, he could end up, you know, in the top five, obviously someone could get hurt, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. It might take a little while for that. Okay. So let's talk about his weapons. We got Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, we'll just start with those three guys. And okay. it looks like Sutton was the number one guy during the offseason, but we're just talking about the offseason here. How do you see this panning out with the three wideouts? You know, it's interesting because you've got Sutton and Judy are very similar as far as their ADP, which is their current average draft position. Uh, right now, you know, Court and Sutton is being drafted as wide receiver 17, uh, and Judy is being drafted as wide receiver 22. So they're both in that wide receiver two range in fantasy. Um, so, you know, the problem with both of them is they both don't have kind of a clear history, right? They both have had injuries. Judy didn't really live up to expectations last season. Sutton has been in and out of injury. Judy had a little off-field issue this season. But I feel like um, both of them really have potential. I mean, they're being drafted both right now in the fourth round. Um, and I think that we should kind of consider them where they are being drafted as basically a fantasy wide receiver too. So you're not going to draft them as your number one guy. But, you know, in most fantasy leagues, you do start three wide receivers. So I would say either of them can slot right into that wide receiver two slot. Um, I think, you know, the, the offense has the potential to, to do such. So I feel like, you know, I think they're good, they're good options. It's just the problem with both of them is there are question marks heading into the season um, just based on, you know, injury history and production. Yeah. So uh, K.J. Hamler could be the deep threat, Albert O at tight end. I, are these just late round flyers at this point or guys? Well, yes, but I will say Tim Patrick is definitely a good sleeper. Tim Patrick quietly was actually the number one fantasy wide receiver on the Broncos for the last two seasons. He finished mm-hmm. first on the team in uh, half PPR fantasy points per game. So Patrick is a guy that is going very late right now. He's going in the 10th round. He's the 54th wide receiver off the board. Um, but I think he's a guy that could kind of sneak in, you know, grab him late in your drafts as kind of a bench stash, use him on bye weeks, and God forbid Sutton or Judy gets hurt, he'll plug right in there. And Hamler's the same. I mean, he's kind of more of a later, later flyer. Um, I would definitely, out of those two, I'd go with Patrick. He seems to, uh, they seem to like him a lot. I know it is a new, a new coaching staff and a new regime, but they did give him some money this offseason. So I think Patrick uh, is, is a really good sleeper on the Broncos. Jen, what do we got to do to get Javante Williams? Where are we going to have to take him? Right now, um, he is he slipped actually before. So earlier in the offseason, obviously before Melvin Gordon signed, um, he was actually a late first rounder. He is now down to he's he's leaving pick at pick twenty five, which is right after the second round. 
Um, so it's pretty early. I mean, that's still a lot of draft capital on somebody that last year they had a 50-50 split. I mean, last year, you know, both those guys ended right in the same range in, in production as far as, you know, rushing yards, touchdowns, all that stuff. They were literally neck and neck. This season you'd like to think that Williams is going to take a step forward and Melvin take maybe a step back. So, um, but Javante is still pricey and Melvin is very cheap. I mean, he's going in the, in the late ninth round. He's like the 35th running back off the board right now. He's someone that, you know, he still has standalone value and then God forbid something happens to Javante. Melvin is there. So I think both those guys are definitely draftable. They're both fantasy relevant. Um, it just depends on whether you want to pay up for Javante. I mean, we know he's the future, but for right now, I mean, they signed Melvin Gordon, so he is there. Yeah, he's just – I feel like he's one of those dudes, Melvin Gordon is, in the same light as a Madison. Maybe a Tony Pollard still. Who the hell knows mm-hmm. what the Cowboys are going to do. But those are guys that I always have on my roster, the RB2s that can move mm-hmm. into a big, big role, right? So yep. is Melvin Gordon right there with Madison, Tony Pollard? Where do you have him? Yeah, I think so. I think Melvin's a little under. I mean, Tony Pollard, of course, this is all coach speak and training camp speak, but there's all this talk about them, you know, lining up Pollard in different spots this year and him actually getting some receiving work. And so Pollard's kind of on this little mini hype train where he may be, you know, a little notch above those other guys. But yeah, Melvin's one of those same. He's an RB2 on a team that you know, would have standalone value if something were happened to Javante. If not, he's still going to get you points each week, and he's a good bi-week fill-in. Well, let's talk about some uh, overall fantasy football okay. stuff. How does that sound? Where do that you sit? Where do you sit at quarterback? I got Allen, Lamar, Jackson, Herbert. I'm dropping. Um, I'm dropping Mahomes down just a little bit mm-hmm. without Tyreek Hill. Give me your top three or four quarterbacks right now. I would say um, probably Allen, Herbert, um, definitely two, and then probably Lamar, three. Um, Like you said, with Mahomes, it's a little tough. I mean, he doesn't really have, you know, other than Travis Kelsey, his his arsenal has has taken a hit. I mean, with with Hill out of town, you know, the, the Chiefs have been searching for a wide receiver two for years, and now they're kind of in that mode where they don't even have a wide receiver one. I mean, they brought in you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, there's options there. They drafted Sky Moore, the rookie. There's options there. We just don't know how it's going to pan out. I think it's going to be a lot of Kelsey and then kind of a whatever. So, like you said, I'm dropping him a little bit. Um, After that, I'd say probably Kyler Murray. He's kind of in a similar situation where, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. They did get Marquise Brown. So, um, Kyler, you're, you're just baking on his legs and then some other stuff, you know, in, in that within that top five. But I'd say those are the guys that kind of rounded out. I feel like, um, what did I say? Allen, Herbert, Lamar, Jackson. Patrick. Yeah. And then after that, you've got, Hertz. you know, you're, yeah, you've got Russell, you've got Dak, you've got Tom Brady, which, you know, I mean, Brady is one of those things like, does he, does he turn back into a real human or is he still a robot this year? We'll, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah. I think he's a robot. Um, I'm not I mean, getting right? off the hype like, train. I feel, yeah, I feel like at some point he has to turn into a real human. But, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, he's Five what, or 45? Yeah, when he's 50. When he's 50. Um, running back now. So, Jonathan Taylor, the clear number one, right? Two yes. guys that I'm having a hard time drafting, CMC and Derrick Henry. Um, just because McCaffrey can't stay healthy. I don't know at this point how he's going to given the wear and tear. And then Derrick Henry, we started to see him fall apart last season too. Where do you stand on CMC and Henry? Um, it's, you know, CMC is tough, like you said. It's hard to pull the trigger. 
But at the same time, if he does stay healthy, it's like, it's, it's tough. I mean, he's not, he's certainly not, you know, he was the clear running back one for the last couple of years and, and Taylor has taken over that spot. So I think Christian McCaffrey, I may let others draft him, but I can see he could be a league winner if he stays healthy, you know, um, Derek Henry, I'm not as worried about as much. I feel like that offense is going to continue to run through him no matter what. Now I think that the Titans are not going to be great. And I think they're going to, you know, score, you know, 14 points a game and it's going to be all Derrick Henry. But I think at the same time, I don't hate him um, as far as, especially it depends on your draft format and PPR. You just, you know, you don't really want to gravitate towards him early because he doesn't catch passes. He's a straight up running back. But um, I think, you know, those are probably the top three. I really, uh, Najee Harris, I think is going to be really good this year. And Austin Eckler, I think those are kind of round out the top um, and they're all first rounders right now. Uh, let's go down a little bit, down the board a little bit. You already talked to me about Javante. I did. Uh, Who are guys you're kind of scooping up as your RB2? Um, Not Saquon. Not Saquon. Please tell me. There's another guy. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to not, um, the hype with Saquon has come around. I mean, I haven't, I didn't draft him at all. And then I started drafting him again recently. Um, because he, he seems healthy and, and you know you, you have a brand new offense in the Giants and you'd like to think that they've made some kind of you know move but honestly I like Aaron Jones I think he seems to fall this year um, into the second round and so I, I think he's going to be just fine in that Packer offense uh, DeAndre Swift in Detroit is going to see a lot of work both you know both in the passing game and the run game um, I'm kind of I'm, I've never really been a, a Joe Mixon person I'm still not a Joe Mixon person mm. Um, I do, you know, another guy that I think is kind of interesting and, and somewhat polarizing this season is Leonard Fournette. A lot, he's, he's going in the second round and a lot of people are drafting him and I just am not sure about it. I don't know if we're going to see the Leonard Fournette that showed up last year or not. They have that uh, rookie, Rashad White, which, uh, Rashad, Rashad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he's kind of chomping at the bit to get in there. So I don't know. I think he's being overdrafted a little bit. If he slips to the third round, I'd draft him, but I'm kind of staying away from Lenny in the second round. You know, this is interesting for me. Brees Hall is mm-hmm. a guy that a lot of people are talking about RB2 right now. And then Michael Carter would kind of be a back-end RB3. What Michael Carter showed me last year is that he could be a stud, like a super stud going forward. Is Brees Hall just the hot name? Is that why this is? Or are you seeing that he's going to get more work than Michael Carter? I don't know. I find that interesting too. And I, and I kind of enjoy the fact that Michael Carter is slipping because I've been drafting him. Because like I said, just like you, um, he was good last year. I mean, he came, on pretty, he, he came on pretty strong in the mid to late season there. So, but then you think, well, why did they draft Brees Hall, right? If, if you know, so um, that offense is, is tough to figure out. I mean, Zach Wilson, like, is he good? Is he not good? You know what I mean? They have all these receivers. They just have a lot of young talent there that's kind of like what? So I think, like you said, with Brees Hall, I think people are excited for his future. And I think people are kind of um, getting dynasty brain in there and wanting to, like, get him now, even though this is just regular redrafts. So I think his price is a little steep for me. I'd rather wait and have, uh, you know, get someone else that I feel like is going to have more more of a solid lead back role there. Now, listen, if training camp starts and it's, it, you know, it comes out from all the beat writers that it's all Breeze Hall and it's his show, then sure. But for right now, while we're still unsure, I'd rather take the cheaper version and, and take part. I, I'm with you. I just don't understand uh, why there's such a discrepancy right now. I mean, it's, it's just a hot new toy. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Uh, the top five wide receivers, if you ask me, 
So you'll okay. go Cup, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase. I don't love Devontae going to a new quarterback. At least they have some history there. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams, number five to me is wide open. What do you think of my top four here? Cup, Jefferson, Adams, and Chase. And then who's the number five? I'd say I'd go with either CeeDee Lamb or Mike Evans. Those are kind of the two that I would slot in there. Um, I feel like CeeDee Lamb, I mean, Amari Cooper's gone. I feel like, and Michael Gallup is out for at least the beginning of the season. So I think CeeDee Lamb is going to get a lot of volume to start out the season. And Mike Evans, same thing. Chris Godwin's not there. So, and Gronk is gone. So you've got two guys that, you know, have a lot of vacated targets that they're able to, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully go their way. So I don't know. I don't know if I can really put one over the other, but I'd say right there, they're five and six. And I do agree uh, with your four. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So you go down the list a little bit. We talked about the Broncos guys, Sutton, Judy, probably, mm-hmm. you know, fifth, sixth rounders at this point. You like Mike Evans a lot. I, I always get concerned about his health, but that's fine. What about the risers? What about, or actually I'd rather get to the guys that are either new situations or new quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, guys like that mm-hmm. where they're being thrown into a situation where they're just new teams, new quarterbacks, even Devontae, right? And you, we just talked about Devontae, but specifically Tyreek Hill, I guess, would be the one guy. And then DK Metcalf. I mean, is Metcalf at this point just a wide receiver too? Yeah, I can't get, I can't get on board with Metcalf. It's too, it's too <laughs> scary, especially living here and watching – Watching the Drew Locke show yeah. from last season, I don't know that I can get on board with DK Metcalf. Um, yeah, to me, he's definitely in that in that wide receiver two range. Tyreek, I'm not. I, I think Tyreek is still going to be a top ten guy. I think that Tua um, is not as bad as people are kind of giving him. I mean, Tua is is serviceable, at, you know, at minimum. But I feel like you know he. I don't know. I don't, I don't think people have been too harsh on Tua. I feel like he gets one more season to kind of see what he can do. I mean, last season he wasn't awful. I don't know where he finished, but, I mean, he made, like, I mean, Jalen Waddell had a really good season with Tua last year. So um, I think people are dismissing, you know, him too quickly. And Tyreek is still very good and very fast. And both, I mean, Waddell as well. So um, I think, you know, whether Tua can support, you know, two you know, top wide receivers, I don't know. Like, I would, I, I'd put kind of Hill as, as wide receiver one, and I'd put Waddle in the wide receiver two category. Mm, okay. And then we got Michael Thomas coming back, but he's got Jameis thrown to him. And yeah, I'm, I'm out on Thomas. You're out? I'm out. Okay. Yeah, on Thomas, yeah, I can't do it. Okay. What about Allen Robinson <laughs> in that passing offense? We loved Robert Woods. Uh, yes. I, I love Allen Robinson. I do too. And I think he's, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, if there was no Cooper cup, I'd be like to the moon with Robinson, but you know, those two, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people in the Rams to feed. I mean, you got Cam Akers is back as well. So um, I do like Robinson. I'd, I'd put him probably in the, in the wide receiver two category. I'd put him at maybe wide receiver 18 or 19 overall. Uh, you know, I think that he, there's definitely still plenty left for him. I know a lot of people were discouraged um, last year, but the Bears were a complete disaster. I mean, it was not his fault. They were a mess. So I feel like Robinson has proved in the past that he can work with bad quarterbacks. And now he has probably the best quarterback he's ever had in Stafford. So I, uh, I'm down with, with Robinson, especially because he's not super pricey. I think a lot of people are, you know, have recency bias, as we all do from last season. And I think he's, he's fallen. 
So Jen at tight end, does Kelsey's production go up or is he starting to get a little old? Is Mark Andrews number one overall, Kyle Pitts? How about these top three guys, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts? I think you got to throw Kittle and Waller in there too. So let's just go to the top five here. Who's your number one and who is your top five? I would actually go with Andrews over Kelsey. Um, I think the volume will be there for Kelsey, but like you said, he is getting a little old. So um, and Andrews is just peaking, I feel like, it, and that offense, they, and they actually, the, the Ravens lost Marquise Brown, so they're kind of even down a weapon. So, you know, Andrews, I think, is just going to be a target hog. Um, so I would put Andrews first, then I would put Kelsey, and then I would put Pitts. Um, and then, you know, Kittle's one of those guys, Kittle just scares me um, injury-wise because he is a monster. I mean, the guy goes so hard on every single play that you think he's going to get killed on every single play. Um, and he always, you know, he, he gets hurt. And so, um, but once again, you got a similar thing in that offense where you got him and Debo Samuel, and then it's just kind of nothing. So if he's healthy and on the field, he's going to get a lot of work. Um, what was the other person? Oh, a uh, Waller. Yeah. I think Waller is due for a bounce back. Um, you do have Devontae Adams there, as we mentioned earlier. So uh, his volume may take a little hit, but I think those are definitely your clear top five. There's not even a question. Uh, I feel like every year we go into a season where tight end is the hot thing. We end up everybody busting and then we go into a season where there's no tight ends and then all these guys emerge. Yeah, right? I'm kind of, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, you either pay up or wait all the way to the end and grab like Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville, you know, Hayden Hurst is now on the Bengals. I mean, there's a lot of really good, super late, you know, last pick tight ends out there. So I feel like if you don't get one of the top five, I'm not a fan of, of like this middle, you know, pack. Like I got nothing to do with like Tyler Higby and, you know, I don't know. I just don't Friar know. Muth. Yeah. Like Friar is fine, but like, like Dawson Knox, I feel like in that Buffalo offense, I feel like I, I just don't know that he's going to repeat what he did last year and which wasn't even that great anyway. And, you know, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, if you want to go that route, Dalton Schultz is someone that I would put as a right after, you know, Kittle and Waller. I think he's getting a really good spot in Dallas. I wouldn't pay too much for him, but if you want to not pay super high or not like punt it, you know, I think Dalton Schultz is a good, a good guy to go for. Cause I think in Dallas, he's going to get a lot of work. Like I said, Gallup is not coming back and uh, Amari Cooper's gone. So I think he's like the second option right now after CD Lamb on that team. All right. Last thing for you, who are your yep. most rostered players this off season? My most rostered players. That's a great question. Um, I, I, oh. If you need to buy some time, I'll just start naming some players off. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna like look real quick. Um, I okay. So I'm gonna say most rostered that are not like the top guys that we've already mentioned. So I really like Chase Edmonds in Miami. He's dirt cheap and um, he's going really late. And I think he's going to be uh, you know end up surprising people in in the running back department. Um, from that category, let's see, wide receiver, uh, who do I like? I, oh, Brandon Cooks. Love Brandon Cooks in Texas. He's got Davis Mills throwing to him, who people are underestimating that whole offense, and Brandon Cooks is ridiculously cheap, and I think he's going to end up um, a wide receiver one for the price of almost a wide receiver three. Uh, and then uh, tight end-wise, like I said, I like to punt. I've got a lot of Austin Hooper in Tennessee because there's nobody else there other than Robert Woods to catch the ball. Um, so that's probably what, and then I have a lot of uh, Jalen Hurts when it comes to quarterback. I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of iffy on him, but he's a cheat code as far as his rushing ability, and he has A.J. Brown now. So. 
Wonderful. I love it. Uh, Jen Akins, plug everything you're doing so people could check your stuff out. Yeah, I'm honestly, I am solely at 444 these days. So yeah, go to 444.com. We have a ton of fantasy content. We have a ton of betting content. We have a ton. I mean, we have everything. UFC, MMA, NBA. So it is 444 football, but we do have a ton of other things going on right now. But in the football department, yeah, we've got a ton of redraft, dynasty, best ball, uh, you name it. Where do they find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at the Monday Mommy. She's wonderful. She's Jen Akins with four to four, four for four. I'm going to come back and uh, discuss uh, two people betting on uh, swim meet races this weekend. It was just fascinating how uh, (laughs) people were actually betting on little girls in their races. And I'm not kidding. That's next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, thanks again to Jen Akins hopping on. She's totally awesome. Love her. Got some story time for you, huh? What about uh, a little story time talking about betting? I'm at my daughter's swim meet this weekend, and uh, there's a guy talking to his wife, and he's not doing any research at all. And he goes, son, do you think I should bet the over one and a half total bases for Mike Trout? And she says, sure. And by the way, Mike Trout went over three that night. And I was going to say something like, hey, listen to the Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers. But I didn't do that. I didn't bother. Um, but so we're sitting there and like five minutes later, a guy comes up to this guy and he says, hey, our daughters are in the same heat. And I kid you not. And, and they're in the same heat as my daughter, too, who, by the way, won the heat. These two guys bet $25 on their either six or seven-year-old girl to finish ahead of the other one. Absolutely spectacular. I've never seen anything like it. We are now betting on six and seven-year-old girls at a pool. A little out of hand. Uh, I, I think the guy that bet the Mike Trout thing, the, the, he lost that bet too. He was not having a good day at the ticket counter. Okay, a couple other things to get into. Uh, 71% of people tell sports handle 71% of people who have bet on sports while at a bar or restaurant said they'd extend their stay. If they were watching a game they had bet on. I just did that yesterday. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I had a Rockies bet in there, which by the way, I lost had a Rockies bet in there. And I went up to Idaho Springs, did some hiking up at uh, St. Mary's glacier, came back, knew I had money on the game. And, uh, and it didn't work out, you know, the, the under hit in that game. But I stayed because I had money on it. I mean, really, would I watch as much Rockies if I wasn't betting? Absolutely not. 71%? Well, guess what? I think when you start going into restaurants and bars, there's going to be a lot more betting content that you're going to see there than even you're seeing now. Uh, last thing to talk about, getting lots of questions about same-game parlays recently. I know that Bet Rivers doesn't want to hear this, but I'm here to tell you the truth. Uh, they are complete ripoffs. Parlays are complete ripoffs. Doesn't matter what site or what app you're using. Uh, the, and they all know this. This is why 
you're hearing so much about parlays. Bet this parlay. Bet this same game parlay. Now, to me, once in a while, if I love a game, I'll bet a same game parlay. Why not? You know, but for the most part, long term, very few, if anybody, is going to be profitable betting same game parlays and parlays. Unless you hit that ticket where, you know, you bet $10 and you get $75,000 for that. It's always fun trying to hit that big, big winner, but in all likelihood, it's not going to happen for you. So my advice, if you like betting parlays and same game parlays, go track yourself and see how you're doing. Make sure, and if you, you should be tracking your bets anyways, but go track yourself, see how you're doing. Hit me up at Holden Radio uh, if you remember, because I'm interested in finding out how these same game parlays are working out for you. All right, again, thanks to Jen Akins for hopping on from 4 for 4, talking some fantasy football. Thank you to Stephen Young, our producer. I will be back on Wednesday with Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado. Um, I want to talk to him about these TV ratings too, because he and I have just been all over this uh, since this pod last, or since it launched, I should say. Okay, I'm Holden Kushner. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.